Welcome to Imagine Action Podcast. My name is Uri. In this episode, I'm speaking with Arawana Hayashi. Enjoy. Oh, rather than this kind of delivery um, method, you know, where, where whoever's on the stage, whoever's, you know, higher than, in, in more light than, is the, uh, is the giver, as it were. <laughs> And those of us sitting in the dark are the receivers, you know, that, that, that has some validity in some cases, but is not always a useful metaphor, particularly in what systems thinking and the fact or interdependency that they're, that we're all creating the society that we live in. It's not that some people are and some people aren't, but everybody, whether they're in action or in inaction, <laughs> whether they think of themselves as um, outside or a bystander or, or whether they think of themselves as an actor, everybody is together creating whatever our re- social reality is. So, yeah. Imagine Action Podcast. Imagination. Creando comunità trasformativa. Social arts across borders. Live not Building transformative communities for future. What has been your entry point to this work? Several entry points, probably. The first is dance and movement, and that has been with me uh, for my whole life, practically. I was started um, dance lessons as a child when I was about five, I think. And that's gone on here for 70 years. Um, so that training in movement and in dance, both formal training in both Western dance and in Japanese court dance, as well as um, living um, into improvisation. Um, Both of these are in my journey (laughs) and they seem opposite, you know, very formal. Japanese court dance hasn't really changed, you know, since about the 900s. (laughs) Many, many generations and generations of people have passed this along and it hasn't really changed that much. Um, And yet every time you perform that, those dances, there's, you've never performed them before in that way, in this context, in this moment with these people. So there's, there's still this invitation to be in this very moment as this gesture emerges. And seemingly the opposite side of that is just making things up, which I've had a long history of doing with people in groups uh, of making dances that are improvised, not just with dancers, but with musicians and poets and visual artists. And um, likewise, this requires attending in a particular way. I don't think it requires any talent, and I don't think it requires any um, special 
special attractiveness or special um, genius in, in terms of, you know, <laughs> our art practices. But it, it does grow out of, or the quality of the expression grows out of how we attend to this very moment as a collective, as a social body, as a social field of awareness. So dance is one entry point. And touching on this awareness, the second entry point would be meditation that I started um, practicing and uh, studying meditation in the uh, 1970s. And that, um, those practices of how to attend to this very moment, both the mindfulness that practice and a larger sense of open awareness, that is the basis of the work that we're doing today. That those qualities or those abilities uh, to be both present and grounded in terms of mindfulness the, to the uh, detailed unfolding moment to moment to moment of experience is a necessary ingredient in the work we're doing today. And likewise, holding an open sense of spacious mind and open sense perceptions is would be the second kind of ingredient here. And these come, um, the, I learned these through a meditation practice. And maybe the third um, entry point is, again, going back now to the 1960s and early 70s, um, and working uh, in communities, in schools, um, around issues of race, racism, and uh, issues of kind of um, learning what it is to learn, um, and kind of um, applying what we were doing to social issues. Um, that became the second kind of entry point, realizing that the arts, the social arts, and particularly what we were doing, um, it, could, it could provide a ground for skillful action, for compassionate action, for healing, um, that was almost, almost accidental. It's not exactly how we got, <laughs> what the motive was exactly, but it was it was just re recognizing the creativity and group creativity, collective collect creativity is just joyful. The people love doing it. It's 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 uh, has its ups and downs, but it's just one of those things that's so nourishing at its root. <laughs> and uh, so, I think those were entry points, uh, Uri. What principles guide your work? is some recognition that there is wisdom, there is kind of human kindness and intelligence and sanity, healthiness, 
in any system, whether it's an individual body-mind system or whether it's a team or organization or larger system, that, it, that things are not like messed up at the core. They're not toxic to the core. That there's, at the core, there is some kind of basic human human-heartedness. And I think that, that that that's an important quality in our work and that within the, certainly within the social presencing theater and within the presencing community, this, this is bubbling up. And I think there's power in that. Yeah, thank you. Yeah, I really feel the, the warmth and the love and the care within this and the truth of it. And, and I, I feel, again, maybe as a, as, a, as a man, raised as a man in a very, yeah, in a society in which I was sent to war, actual war, <laughs> to be a soldier for three years. And because I have to defend my people and, you know, um, and, and, and feeling that experience as an embodiment and working through theater. So for me, theater has been maybe the therapist that I didn't take after the army uh, and, and continues to be. And I really feel, you know, the theater of the press has given me a lot of awareness to the, what's actually going on in the world that I was quite blind to, I think. Um, but SBT gave me a window into what's happening inside of me, which I was also very blind to. What challenges have you met in this work? Uh, one of the challenges would be just holding to the integrity of the source of the work, which we've already talked about, and that it isn't just a methodology, but it's a certain kind of way of looking at life. and. It is based upon this awareness uh, background. It, it comes from a meditation background. And even though it could, can be uh, relevant in um, a therapeutic sense or in a political sense or in a, in, in a leadership development sense, the basis of it is always within this awareness, mindfulness and awareness um, uh, basis. And sometimes um it it can lose that <laughs> you know the, the the emphasis can be on the technique on the steps on the method on getting a result and it loses its um its basic meditative and its basic artistic um footing <laughs> or grounding um so that you know how do we support the community of users, many of whom I have no idea who they are, how do we support their, this aspect of, of their work, the, the creative, artistic, and contemplative um, aspect of, of the work? It, since it's housed within Presencing Institute and Presencing work is awareness-based systems change, that in itself gives us, is a gift. That's a little grounding because it has a home, <laughs> a home within uh, a, a community of change makers who are um, certainly introduced to this uh, importance of mindfulness awareness and 
in many cases have quite developed practices. So I would say that that's a gift. And um, how do we, a challenge would be to be, how do we support others who would like to use the method, but are in a context where they feel that uh, some of the simplicity and some of the uh, awareness-based aspects of it uh, wouldn't fit into the cultural context. Like, how does that work for people? Uh, that's a challenge. Uh, I think I'm not a researcher. I'm, you know, trained as a dancer, <laughs> and I make dances. And yet, Presencing Institute is a research. Um, it, it does do action research. So I would see another challenge is that there are many learnings from dozens of people um, more than that, probably hundreds of people that are learning things about systems change through using social presencing theater. But we don't actually have uh, or haven't found a, a suitable yet sort of uh, way of, uh, like, say, capturing that, that learning and then being able to share that in a broader sense. There's something about the feedback loop <laughs> of doing and then having reflection back from you, uh, from not only from people that are actually applying it, but it specific, more specifically from their context, their client context, let's say. I'm not using client necessarily as a paid uh, client, but but but, how is it benefiting people, the social presencing theater? How is it changing your team? How is it actually affecting your organization or your, or, or how is it bringing together this food co-op or this community gathering? Uh, what's actually ha happening, you know? And somehow collecting that, those stories or that, those methods even, um, and and how to assess that, um, that would be something that we're probably just at the beginning stages of doing this. Um, or you mentioned language, that we are trying to develop some kind of language for a basically nonverbal art form that can support. So I, I would say that that's a, a challenge, and maybe a challenge is... Uh, I would say just because of the our situation now where everything is online, our one of our current challenges, um, which you may know, is developing a good online method for 4D mapping, for mapping systems. Um, and we've had amazingly good um, response and re and and, and um, reflection and results from doing many of our practices online. This was a real surprise to me when we started this, that there could be so much feeling and depth and feeling of connection and social field cultivation in online practice. But um, we, we've been really delighted by, um, by that, by having to simplify everything to what works online. Uh, but there are challenges also of how to do this um, better online and also just how to support an ever-growing community.
I think that that's what I would say would be um, uh, one of our challenges. What are the gifts of this work? Comes to my mind, Uri, is two things. One having to do with teachers, uh, and one having to do with um, colleagues or friends. Um, that my my much of my life I owe to to my teachers. My, my uh, I've had amazingly. Um, amazing teachers in both my meditation and in uh, dance and um, and I'm trained in an old-fashioned way Uri. I no one asked me you know whether I these was way before the days of check-in where people ask you how you were doing I was trained to just this is what you do and you just do it Nobody asked me, you know, what I thought about it or how I felt about it <laughs> and whether, you know, it was just, I, I mean, I'm old, right? And, and I was trained in a very old-fashioned way with very traditional teachers. And traditional in that they, um, they were comp- accomplished and much of what I learned was watching them, their presence, their way of both teaching and manifesting. Um, so I, I'm not. A, I'm a product of strong teachers, and I learned by following and by doing what they said as best I could. Um, and I think that's not a popular idea in education right now. And in fact, uh, I'm sure with Presencing Institute, <laughs> we talk so much about uh, learner-driven education, um, which I'm a high uh, uh, fan of to these days. And yet when I think about myself, that is not how I was trained. Um, and I benefited from that, and I know many people do not. Uh, I benefited from, in again, enormous affection and respect, and for my teachers, and um, that learning had to do with, again, a sense of care. That they actually cared that I learned, and that I was able to do the best that I could. Um, so that would be the first thing is, is from my own experience, it had to do with actually training (laughs) and commitment to training, whether I liked it or not, whether it was going well or not. Um, it wasn't something that you tried out either meditation or these dance forms. And then when you just didn't like them or when you didn't have time, you just didn't do them. It, it, it wasn't like that. It was a commitment to do it. And that basically that commitment was based on the fact that this was a way in which I was a, could manifest as a genuine human being. Looking back, what advice will you give? For me, working in the theater, which seems like on the some way the, the least genuine 
um, was was how I could connect with what I actually had to bring to this world. And that that, um, and that there were a few people along the, the way that recognized that, who were, t- who were teachers. <clears throat> and the second thing is that there's nothing that I've ever done that I've done by myself, <laughs> that everything is co-created. And in, in the theater, it's completely co-created, right? <clears throat> Even if you're a soloist, you have all these um, people that support what you do. So this sense of how to collaborate and co-create with others um, was is the second kind of... Um, And that's not advice exactly, but to learn how to do that, to, to how to keep with the highest sense of, let's say, performance or product or whatever it is you're trying to make and do that collectively. And that requires awareness again, because otherwise you get a bunch of people with their own good ideas going in multiple directions and very difficult to hold what it is that they that we are co-creating and unfolding together. So I think that's a skill which is never ending. Like I certainly am not an expert at this, but it has been an ongoing practice field uh, throughout my my whole whole uh, life. Is what is that balance between? Um, kind of excellence and holding to a vision of what is possible and how to do that collectively so that um, everyone finds a place. Um, and and it's just the perfect place for them. There's not a lot of, I should be in a different place and why is that person in this place? <laughs> um, I'm dissatisfied with my place. But that collectively everybody finds their place, their part of the social body, of the social system. And um, so that the sort of composition uh, shines with intelligence and beauty and courage. What are you working on now? When I first read in the Theory U book about social presencing theater, like I didn't know what that was. Um, that's definitely a, a, word, a, a title that was in the mindstream of, of Otto, Otto Scharmer. I came to this work doing embodiment and doing many of the practices that I had done for decades when I first started working with him, which was about um, 2003, but the book actually didn't come out until 2007. And, and he would say, I'm, I'm thinking about this thing called social presencing theater. Um, and I think he actually once said it, could you make that or something like this? Which of course I had no idea what he was talking about. It's his, it was an idea, this 
social awareness, social presencing, and then making that that social system, that social fabric visible, which is meaning of the word theater, making it visible. And particularly the sense quality of it. So systems thinking is about um, a, a system being able to see itself. But we're working with system sensing to feel itself, to feel the living quality of a system. So originally I thought that this referred to some kind of performance form, which is what I was used to doing, right? As a making things for performance. And I put together a little group of people who worked on this. This was early, like in the early 2000s. And it was based on interviews and it was highly structured along the line of Tectonic Theater Company in New York, which one of um, Greg Parati was a dear friend and also came in to working with me on this, um, was a writer and performer with Tectonic uh, on the Laramie Project, which is this wonderful project around um, hate crimes. With It was about Matthew Shepard being murdered for being a young gay man in the United States, in the Western states. And this theater is made on an interview method where you, you, you interview extensively and then use the interview material to create performance. So this is what I thought social presencing theater was in the beginning. And we made several of these little theater events, which were 15, 20 minute performances, sometimes made by our little team, but sometimes made by other people. For instance, I did one for um, in a medical school with doctors and um, interns and staff people. Uh, and we made one um, for with people with developmental disabilities in New York City, young people um, in transition that had um, a, a dis a cognitive disabilities. So they were in the performance and they, we made it with them and, and their support workers. And these performances, which are short, right? Maybe 15 to 20 minutes made relatively quickly, um, triggered a community conversation in the case of um, the New York City project, which was with, um, it triggered a conversation for first the agencies in New York City. So these are people that work in agencies that work with this population. And then we did one on the state level where actually the head of the um, Department of Health person in charge of this, the, this community was in the room. So it triggers a conversation, and then we would end up with what we call a commitment to action ceremony. So for instance, in this case, in the, 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 the performance was divided into red and green, which was a way that um, this population could understand things that work for them were green, green lights and growing grass, and things that didn't work were stop signs and red tape. 
And this was an easy way of structuring a, 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 an experience for everybody. And when we got to the agencies, we did the same thing. We, I worked with this, my wonderful colleague, Beth Mount, and she made green flowers and plants on, on post-its and red stop signs. And the general sense from these agencies was we don't have funding, we're under horrible pressures of regulations and everything is terrible and there's no, we can't do this, we can't do that. This was where they started. But during these table, we used World Cafe structure during these conversations, it turns out that um, they, at the end for the commitment ceremony, we had clotheslines up and then they clipped their red stop signs and their green, they had three sizes of green plants. One was bigger, one was a little smaller, and one was very small, like one was a seed, <laughs> a crystallization, little seed, one was a little bit more developed, and one was a larger something that's already going on, an initiative or a project. And they had so many more green ones than they had red stop signs. And they kind of couldn't believe it because they thought, no, no, that's not right. <laughs> we have all these stop signs, but it turned out that the stop signs were much smaller than the whole array of creative and, and uh, kind of new ideas and projects that were already underway. So this would have been a social presencing theater event. The making of it, the performance, the conversation, and then this little ceremony at the end. And we did several of these. And what I thought was that these events could be models for other, you know, we could take this out of, for instance, the New York City system and use it in Chicago or use it in, um, you know, Florence or somewhere. We could use the model in different um, ways. And that then, you know, we, we moved in a different direction with social presencing theater, as you know, where it's mostly with small teams and in organizations and facilitated um, structured practices that help those organizations. But what is your dream for the future? If I could dream into a future possibility, it would be somewhat going back into this mode of how we could um, scale a little bit into like into film or into these kinds of performances that could could attract more people, people that are not that interested in actually doing um, an exercise, a social presencing theater exercise, but the spirit of it in terms of changing from a sculpture one where we are to a potential sculpture two, which is where a seed of a future, some direction that we could head in, where that would be um, experienced by a larger group of people. That's what we are calling social art. We, we've done, I know that social art is the topic here, and we've many people are doing things in this area. We've done a couple recently in, in the Yucatan Peninsula with young Mayan, the young Mayan community. So it's, um, it's just making visible that, that culture and that voice.
um, their voices. And so, and performances in that case were just done in the town square and followed by whoever was there just could get together after and talk about their experience. So um, I envision that this would be something that many of us are drawn to and, and maybe makes a little bit more of a connection to theater in the traditional way we think of theater. And there are large gaps in our, our ethnic populations on the globe that are missing. Um, and, um, uh, and the theater has always been uh, a place where uh, many people can participate. And uh, yeah, I didn't, I, I unfortunately have never studied um, um, theater of the oppressed. My son, who works in our, um, oftentimes with, with me in this work and is a, in the theater, um, he has a little familiarity, so that has been very helpful. But um, there's so many things I could would like to learn, you know, <laughs> practices I would like to learn, and that's certainly on my list. How do you see the idea of global mentoring? There's so many new people, people that I don't know very well, people that you know, maybe came to a class um, eight years ago, and and they they would they're asking for some kind of like a continuous education program or some way that they can continually re refresh because certainly within presencing the whole conceptual framework has evolved so and changed over the years um and we've learned so much as a as a as a presencing institute community in how to apply these things so that if you took a class seven, eight years ago, and are kind of doing the same thing, it's a little out of sync about on some level with what might be needed, uh, or where the form is, uh, you know, changed and evolved in a way that it could be more useful. So there are many things that we're thinking about in terms of how you would have a kind of continuous education. And what is really positive right now, and I think is so much peer learning with practice groups and with the community jams on Mondays and the various kinds of offshoots that have gone, that have been created there, including this wonderful kind of um, entity. Um, and so I'm, I guess my question would be sort of where to focus attention that given um, given my limited time and resources, where would I be the most useful? And um, I'm sure that's on any anyone's mind in terms of how to how to nurture communities and um, and and share ex experiences uh, with people with less experience, something that could guide or help or support or um, cheer on. Uh, and oftentimes for me, it's just, it's really coincidence. It's like, I meet somebody like you, Uri, I meet you. I'm, I can't be 100% involved in what you're doing, but I'm really interested and I try to touch in when I can. And I know you also have been so supportive in the, um, with groups in, 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 and so it's, it's a kind of like, again, where we, where, where we, both feel we could be the most 
useful, but also a kind of coincidence that we have a connection and you invite me and I say, sure. <laughs> and then I end up in this conversation. And, um, you know, it's, and that goes somewhere else. Now I meet your, these, your community here and that opens up another interesting, you know, for me, interesting, an inquisitive sense. Like I could spend the next, next hour interviewing each of you, right? If you know what I mean? And that would be endlessly interesting. <laughs> we believe imagination is our universal right and regeneration is our collective responsibility. If you like the podcast, like, share and subscribe. Please support Imagine Action on Coffee and see you in the next episode.